Hello, Marvel Universe, and welcome back to another episode of Earth Station MCU. You know, some weeks you've got not a whole lot of news, and then some weeks you get overwhelmed with so much news that's coming out. Plus, we had what I think is one of the better uh, episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to come out this year. So, uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Mr. John Rabin. I have become the master of the mystic arts. <laughs> Excellent. Teach me. Yes. Yeah, we go ahead and, and talk about that first. We uh, we yes. got uh, the um, the trailer for Doctor Strange, and it's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it was very much just kind of an origin trailer um, mm -hmm. in the sense that we don't even really see him as, you know, quote, Doctor Strange right. uh, until the very end, and it's all shadowy, and we can't. We don't get a good look at him in the outfit. Right. Um, but it, it's all very much, hey, this is how we got here. Right. In terms of showing him as a doctor mm -hmm. and then having an accident and stuff. But the, the image that sticks with me from that trailer is Tilda Swinton blowing him out of his body. Yeah. That was just awesome. And it's, it was a pretty normal thing in, in uh, Doctor Strange comics for him to kind of do like, like a spirit walk or like an out-of-body experience. So right. this is kind of the first time he's obviously experiencing it in the MCU. Right. Uh and and I'm I'm really excited about bringing this new new style, this new uh element uh into the MCU because uh, you know, obviously we've we've had we've had science science fiction fantasy yeah. with um with Guardians of the Galaxy. We we've talked about all the different different genres that we've had, but this is like magic, capital M magic as it, as the main focus rather than yeah. just being hey Scarlet Witch is weird. It's it's magic, it's other dimensions, mm -hmm. it's it's trippy to a level that um that we haven't really gotten since uh since we saw the microverse in Ant Man. Right, and and several people have drawn a, a parallel to Inception, yes. because that's that's one of the other really visually stunning moments in the trailer is is watching a city kind of folding in on itself. So there's mm -hmm. definitely going to be lots of weird dimensional stuff yeah, going on. In this case, it's almost it's splintering like a like a mm -hmm. kaleidoscope. Exactly, exactly, and I know I know all the complaints about whitewashing and everything, but I really think Tilda Swinton is going to nail it as the Ancient One. Yeah. She is just so otherworldly. She's just so weird. And and in the little bit that we saw, yeah. I thought she was fantastic. And you know, one article I read said essentially that the um, the the Ancient One is more or less a title and it's almost right. like when you become the ancient one you ascend to a higher plane where mm -hmm. your race and your gender simply don't matter anymore right or or like it's it's the dalai lama that there's you right. know the dalai lama is is a title an incarnation that that happens uh again and again over time so yeah i'm yeah. i'm getting stupid excited about about doctor strange i think that is going to be know. what how many more months <laughs> I know it's it's what November. Yeah, and you know this is going to be the last year that we only have two MCU movies. Yep, we're we're it's it's getting it's getting pretty packed. Yeah. There's there's as many uh, there's as many movies in Phase Three as there were in Phase One and Two combined. Right. So I mean, because next year we look at uh, I think we get Guardians. Yep. Uh, volume Two first, then we get Spider Man Homecoming. Then yep. we have uh, then we have Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok, yeah. And speaking of Homecoming, that was another uh, thing that came out this week mm -hmm. is the announcement of that title. Yeah, I and... think that came at the end of uh, at the end of Civil War. Did it? I, th I think so. It looked like maybe it, looked like it was either there or it was, it was at CinemaCon, which is uh, not a, a con that most of us can go to. It's a it's a convention that exists for the theater owners. Okay, because I. For Hollywood to kind of show off. Here's what we got coming. You want to book us now? Yeah. Um. I I hadn't I hadn't heard the title at least, and I've seen a number of articles talking about it and the fact that you know homecoming presumably has multiple meanings there. Yeah. Of course, it's Spidey coming home to the MCU. It sounds like, you know, a, a, a lame little high school dance kind of thing. But if it's it going to be a John be. Hughes kind of movie. That that's that's entirely possible that that could be be fitting. Yeah, so. I mean, we are dealing with a with a Spider-Man who's still in high school. Yep, yep. 
And uh, we also have had uh, rumors about uh, there being other MCU characters that are going to cross over into Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. They're, they're really, you know, people are just speculating at this point. But it's kind of hard to think who do we have that would make sense showing up in a John Hughes movie, you know? Well, you know, uh, I, think, From the movies. I think Robert Downey Jr. was in a couple of them. <laughs> there is that. I did like... Um, Oh, I walked right into that. You're absolutely Yeah, I was right. watching um, uh, the all the Jimmy Kimmel interviews with everybody over the past week, and uh, uh-huh. he actually talks about when um, he made or like they because Kimmel had asked asked them if they were kind of like any of them had be, acted like a mentor to Tom Holland, mm-hmm. and um, you know, RDJ kind of jokingly throws out that uh, that Rodney Dangerfield was his mentor. <laughs> and Kimmel's like, really? He's like, no. <laughs> we were filming. He's like, we were filming, uh, you know, back to school, and I go to his ha- house and I open the door, and he's just standing there with the, in a robe that's partially open. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's bizarre. But if you've ever seen Back to School, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. Yes. steals every scene he's in. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, because he's just. He's he's got that kind of personality that just pulls your attention yep. immediately. But uh, but yeah, so you know a little bit of of info on on Spider Man. They showed the uh, the logo, and I don't know the last couple of logos for for Doctor Strange. Also, Doctor Strange had had, if I recall, a, a kind of cool looking logo that looked not entirely unlike the Inhumans one in terms of having like a lot of like swoops and hangy down bits and stuff. Yeah. But when they uh they, they showed the new um the new logo for it and it's just kinda of boring. I, I think they took the uh that old one from the comics. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. one that he's traditionally used in the comics and they did the same thing for humans. Kind of yeah, mm-hmm. so this is obviously what we saw when Marvel unveiled everything is not going to be the final logos for most of these movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the and the one for Homecoming just looked kind of slapped together too. Yeah, so, so we'll probably see something better later on. Yeah, there's there's certainly time for uh, for that to change and get better. Speaking of which, I mean, if we know the Guardians uh, is already filming, mm-hmm. I mean, do we know when Spider Man is supposed to start? I don't know. I I haven't heard anything. Um, I think that there's there's a good chance that. Spider-Man is not going to be as effects heavy, so they probably don't have to film it quite as far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's you know just there's there's I mean any scene that has uh Rocket or or Groot in it, you know, is going to have to spend a tremendous time in animation and everything. So Right, but at the same um, time, I mean, we've got web swinging is definitely uh oh, effects sure. heavy. Um yep. anything involving the web shooters um and also, we don't know who the villain is yet. I mean, we have a right. rumor that it, that Michael Keaton is in talks to play this person, mm-hmm. but we don't know if it's going to be if they're going to try to do um, uh, Green the, Goblin again, yeah, the Green or... Goblin again, or maybe the Lizard again, or mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the rumors have said that the Vulture might make a might mm-hmm. might be the main bad guy. We really don't know yet. Right. Right. Um, so let's see. Did we have? Yeah, we had uh, some some Guardians uh, news. Not not specifically about this, but they yeah. have announced uh, already that there is definitely going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy three, and that that is going to be uh, possibly kicking off the beginning of Phase four. Yeah, they they must be pretty confident in the success of these movies that they can already go ahead and project. Yeah, we don't even need to see the returns for the second one. Yeah, we know yeah. there's going to be a third one. Exactly, and and I would assume that that part of that is is you know uh, definitely confidence that that number mm-hmm. two is going to be fantastic, um, and also I'm guessing that there will be plot threads coming out of Infinity War that may need to get wrapped up, right. and Guardians may be the the best group to do that with. Yeah, because um, I mean in the original Infinity Gauntlet uh, comic series, mm-hmm. um, the oh shoot, I'm trying to remember what it was called actually. Um, it wasn't the Infinity War. It was like, um, sorry, I blank. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. But there was a there was another series that that came after uh, the Infinity Gauntlet that dealt mm-hmm. with all the ramifications. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, so that would that would make perfect sense for that to be uh, that to be in there. And speaking of Guardians and uh, and Infinity War, uh, the Russo brothers have confirmed for sure that Star Lord and Thor are going to be in Infinity War, yep. which is not not a huge surprise. We we kind of figured it was going to be all hands on deck, and they've they've mentioned what was it like like sixty eight different named characters yeah. or something. So they would, they would kind of have to be there. And we know that the ether and we know that the, the power right. stone are both out in space at the moment, even if the mm-hmm. others are here on Earth. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it, it makes sense that those would, would certainly be crossing over. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and then speaking of, of Phase 4, um, as we were saying that, that uh, Guardians 3 was going to kick that off, uh, Kevin Feige has been making a lot of, of comments, yeah. um, and he said, uh, I think there will be a finality to moments of Phase 3, as well as new beginnings that will mark a different, a very different, a distinctively different chapter in what will someday be a complete first saga made up of three phases. So um, uh, it, it's... He definitely seems to be saying that, you know, it, it definitely sounds like we're going to have a lot of deaths at the end of, of Phase 3, and that, that Phase 4 is going to be, you know, a, a fresh start, as opposed to the way that 1, 2, and 3 have all just sort of flowed into each other. I don't know about deaths so much. I mean, uh, presumably somebody's going to die before this Or retirements, over. you know. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, things can continue on. Um, in oh, a different sure. fashion, or we can take everything going in, in a new direction without mm-hmm. substantially changing mm-hmm. who's involved in these movies. Yeah. Yeah, he said, um, uh, you build things up and people enjoy the experiences you build up, but then you kind of reach an apex or you reach a climax, a moment where you go, this structure is really going to start getting uh, repetitious if we do this again, so what do you do now? We deconstruct it, and we're in the process of doing that with Civil War and Infinity War. So, uh, right. so yeah, uh, which doesn't really tell us anything, but uh, but is, you know, interesting, a little, little bit more news. Yeah, and... The- you know, there's always going to be a, a new story to tell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Marvel has been around for decades. There's There have been numerous uh, storylines that could be adapted into films for all these characters. Right. Uh, so while we may see things change up a little bit in order to keep it fresh and interesting, mm-hmm. you know, we know that there's source material to draw back on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and also sort of dealing with uh, with Mr. Feige and, um, and what's going on in terms of uh, crossovers between TV and film, which has been a very, very contentious thing. Mm-hmm. His point, and he's, I think he's specifically addressing stuff about um, uh, what has been done uh, on like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, um, He's he's saying that the reason that they're not having a lot of crossover is that um, – what is it? Uh, it's about finding the right way to do that. The honest answer is the movies are developed so far in advance that a lot of those things, like Inhumans, Hydra Monsters, mm-hmm. etc., weren't done when we started to film, uh, in this case, Civil War. Right. Which and, and and he goes on to say he doesn't want anyone to feel handcuffed like they they can't do something uh, because it's going to get done. But number one, that's exactly what happened in Agents of Shield first year. They were they were not able to do anything because they were waiting on Winter Soldier. Yeah, and uh, I mean at the same time it's it's still a perfectly valid excuse because you've got mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, the production time for a television show and for a movie are completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, since we don't really have the creative committee anymore, we've got probably less discussion going on between those two houses right. to coordinate things and figure out when such and such can happen, who's going to pop up here. I mean, I but, assume it still does happen on a level, but it's just not as the same as it was. I guess. I mean, it just it just seems like the fact that these movies are done so far ahead of time means you could tailor things in the TV shows, you know, mm-hmm. to to tie in with that. And so it's it just is a weird weird excuse to me. And we are seeing that to a certain extent because they've said that uh, what happens in Civil War is going to affect Agents of Shield um, almost to the same level as Winter Soldier did. 
Well, that's good because, you know, as we know, uh, Age of Ultron, you know, a couple of passing references to cities falling out of the sky, and that's really about it uh, that we got out of that. Um, well, so we got a little bit more than that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, there was there was the stuff with the helicarriers yeah. and stuff, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I just. I, I would love to see more working together, and, and mm-hmm. the excuse that, well, the movies are done so far ahead of time seems like a reason why there should be able to be more crossovers. Not that there should be less, but who knows? Yeah, you know, I, I'm still looking forward to that moment when, um, you know, Ike Perlmutter no longer has really any control Indeed. over anything TV side, and yep. uh, Jeff Loeb and Kevin Feige can collaborate once more. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, although, who knows who Perlmutter's going to leave it to and, and what's going to happen there, but that's a ways down the road. Yeah. Um, another uh, just sort of administrative thing going on with Marvel is uh, they have bumped back the release date of Inhumans again. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it seems likely to have been uh, because there's going to be an Indiana Jones 5 yeah, we're up to yeah. five now, right? I I think yeah, this is number five. Right, because there was the trilogy, and then there was the the abomination of Crystal Skull, and then five. Um, so that's you know it's it's a Disney uh, property, so they don't want to have two very big uh, properties coming out, you know, within a few weeks of each other. So mm-hmm. they're they're pushing back Inhumans even further. Um, and there's been some speculation about uh which which I think would be very interesting, but uh that they're bumping it out because uh they're hoping that they're gonna get either Fantastic Four or X Men back. Um you Fantastic but, Four is gonna be far more likely than I, than X Men, I think, because yeah. I read another article today speculating that um the next X Men movie might be the Dark Phoenix saga. Yes, yeah, I saw that. Uh, which you know, uh, Sophie Turner is is a very good actress, and I think she could do a great job with that. But but we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Obviously, I I'm a big Jean Grey person, and and I felt like her storyline kind of got shafted um, in terms of of it just getting subsumed into uh, oh, I don't even remember which X Men movie it was. Yeah, Last Stand. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff that they could do that they haven't really uh, explored with that, but. Anyway, that's that's MCU adjacent, but not quite uh, directly related. Um, we've got, uh, uh, let's see, oh, we had uh, a new cast member announced for Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. uh, named Tessa Thompson. And uh, the, and again, this is, this is quote unquote sources, so we can't really take it as, as the gospel truth, yeah. but sources are saying that she's going to be playing a character that is a superhero um, or is superhero-like, I thought was, was the, the, um, the word that was used, and is definitely going to be in other MCU properties, uh, in right. other MCU films. So a lot of people are speculating, because we don't have a ton of of characters that really fit that description mm-hmm. in in Thor, right? Well, the um, the main speculation is that she's going to be uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is uh, you know the character's name is uh, is Brunhilde. She's one of the Valkyrie who mm-hmm. are in, in Norse myth- mythology. They're a group of uh, warrior maidens that essentially uh, usher the worthy to Valhalla. Right. So you know if we have uh, death going on uh, in the Infinity War movies, then certainly that would that would make sense for her to be involved in that. Um, it, it looks like Natalie Portman is not going to be coming back, which is is not I, I, honestly I was surprised she came back for the second one. Yeah, because she didn't really want to come back. Yeah, she just she she seems to be a much better fit for the the very super high drama stuff right. like like Black Swan. Um, to be honest, I, I think I liked her better in the second movie than in the first. But yeah, yeah, um, she she had more. There, there was an awful lot of exposition that that got put on her in the first one. Um, so, uh, but anyway, this is uh, this girl looks Tessa Thompson looks super cool yep. and diversity, hooray! 
And of course, there there are people already saying, oh, well, how can you cast a, you know an African American woman to be playing a Norse character? Did you miss Heimdall? Did, did, <laughs> no. Was was Idris Elba like uh, not in your field of vision for the entire exactly. movie? Exactly. Exactly. So so that's that's just. I mean, if you've got a problem silly. with it, then uh, then oh, what's his name? Uh, John then DCI John Luther is going to come visit you sometime soon. <laughs> yes. Indeed, indeed. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a, a cool bit of, uh, of of diversity stuff coming in. Um, oh. We've got uh, a co-writer for Black Panther, so that's that's coming along. Uh, uh, Creed director Ryan Coogler, yes, uh, is going to be working on that. It's also uh, directing so that, it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so. Uh, it says we have a number of writers on it, including Ryan Coogler, who's also directing. Um, so it sounds like there may be other people having input into it, yeah. but that he's going to be um, he's going to be primary. Of course, on uh, that. Tessa was um, Tessa's the love interest in Creed, so she's oh! got that she's got that cool. connection as well. Interesting, interesting, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so uh, Black Panther's really starting to come together. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I was so excited uh, last weekend. I was in Target, and uh, I've even seen a couple people take pictures of this. Um, the displays that they've got out for Civil War toys, um, mm-hmm. uh, as end caps, Black Widow has a huge picture on one side of it, mm-hmm. and uh, right in front they've got Black Panther and War Machine. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's more. I have yet to see any Scarlet Witch figures in stores. Um, and actually, there weren't any Black Widow, um, except in a box set. There have been of, very few things out so far, so it makes me wonder, well, it's like, was, what are they holding out for? Why don't, why don't you come out with more things? Because I, I, right now, I'm only seeing Cap, Falcon, mm-hmm. and Black Panther mainly. Well, this this had... Uh, it, they've got basically the target that I went into had an end cap and entire half of one row was all... Marvel stuff. And a lot of it was like one of the big box sets that they had was um did have Black Widow in it um and had Ultron I think. Uh but it was very clearly um from the comics. It wasn't it wasn't even trying to to match to the uh what they looked like in um in the movies. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and 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 um Black Widow had the like safety orange. She had like the color of her hair was like safety cone orange. It was like, oh, but uh, but at least there's something there. Oh well, yeah, but, I, I guess maybe uh, George is getting stuff before we're getting it, but possibly. I possibly. mean, you know, you you want to really promote the film where you made it. True, true, absolutely. Um, and then we've got uh, oh god, one of the worst headlines that that I have seen. This was on Movie Pilot, but yep. but I have seen it elsewhere uh 300's david wenham maybe uh may get iron fisted as harold meacham in marvel's netflix series all right <sighs> yeah, that, that's a terrible pun uh 10 points from hufflepuff exactly exactly and yes he was uh he was in um uh farmer farmer yes, he he was um, i'm just looking at the thing here and uh uh I'm realizing I should probably uh, think about getting glasses because it said uh, he starred in the 300 movies as Dilios, but when I first looked yeah. at that, that is not what I thought that said. Ah, uh, yeah, because Dilios uh, is the one dude that survives, and right. know, he's the one that Leonidas says, go and tell our story. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but yes, he is he is much better known uh, as having been Faramir in the Lord of the Rings movies. He was in that horrible, uh, and, horrible Van Helsing movie. Yes, yes. Van Helsing had... See, Van Helsing and Hansel and Gretel, I think, both have some cool moments, but but overall they're just... The only moment so, that so Van Helsing really had for me was Josie uh-huh. Moran, uh, the supermodel, as a vampire, and uh, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. Everything <laughs> else I can forget about. Uh-huh. Especially that horrible vampire-werewolf battle at the end. Oh, my God. God, so cheesy. But uh, but anyway, um, they uh, uh, in the announcement for this, uh, they had a little teaser of uh, 
uh, basically a, a bunch of trash in a on the side of a street, including a uh, mm-hmm. kind of beat up looking New York bulletin that says Harold Meacham gravely ill. Um, so, uh, so I guess we'll see. Um, what what can you tell us about uh, that character in the comics? Um, well, basically, it's very kind of a, a Hamlet sort of situation mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where Meacham was basically responsible for Danny's father's death. Okay. And uh basically took the company from him and uh Danny had to get it. Danny had to get it back. There's a there's a special moment where it's like if you watch Gotham the same thing happened a couple of weeks ago where mm-hmm. Meacham is dying, he's ill and he wants Danny to kill him and Danny refuses. Huh. Even like after telling Danny every horrible thing that he did. <laughs> Okay. But that, cool. And that happens in the comics. Uh, so, uh, but he's he's going to be the, the character is very very corporate, right? And so it'll it'll be interesting to see how they how they kind of weave things together. Yes. Uh, with all the different defenders, Hell's Kitchen stories. Definitely. So we had uh, had the premiere of Civil War, and uh, that led to uh, a lot of uh, talk show appearances, press junket stuff, um, as well as uh, red carpet. And uh, I know you saw some of that. So what are the, some of the highlights that, that you've seen? In I there? did. Um, you know, they interviewed a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the stars. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Robert Downey Jr. Obviously, uh, Chris Evans. They interviewed mm-hmm. Tom Holland, which was which was nice. Uh, we got mm-hmm. a few of the Agents of Shield folks, like uh, Henry Simmons was interviewed. Oh, cool. Um, Paul Bettany was also interviewed, and he he let spill a little bit about the Division's character arc for Civil War. And uh-huh. him having to learn about love and loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We also got a, a conversation with Peyton Reed. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And Peyton Reed was about Ant Man yeah, stuff. Because they're very still very early in the um, in the writing process with him mm-hmm. and uh, Adam McKay and uh, Paul Rudd and a couple of the other mm-hmm. writers. And they say this one is going to be a little bit less of a heist film. There's still some aspects of that to it. But they're trying to see where the the new direction is that they can take Scott mm-hmm. and Hope and everyone else in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm 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 I, I know I keep saying this, but I'm I'm stupid stupid excited about uh, about Ant Man and the Wasp as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, so lots of lots of good stuff there. I know there was a there was a lot of you know red carpet type stuff, interviews and and. Uh, uh, I don't know if if this is because I didn't actually watch it, but were there were there any neat outfits on the red carpet or not so much? Uh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily pay as much attention to that part Fair of it. Enough. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I I think uh, uh, Coy Bennett uh, had a very interesting outfit. Um, uh-huh. Emily Van Camp's uh, was very elegant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure was trying to figure out what's up with Paul Bettany's uh, purple tinted sunglasses. He wore <laughs> those on Jimmy Kimmel too, so I don't know. Maybe he's got uh, an eye condition it's... or something. Well, maybe you know, uh, uh, but you know, different different strokes for different folks. Plus, Vision yeah. is purple. Maybe maybe that's what he's thinking. That could be. Is the purple ties in with with Vision? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I thought. Uh, and Tom Holland, I think, had a very good, a very interesting outfit. I don't, I can't uh-huh. remember if it was just a jacket or if it was a whole suit, but it was kind of this crimson color. So oh, I guess neat. it's supposed to be because uh, they did a thing where everybody was supposed to wear a color. Their main color was supposed to be who they were siding with, and uh-huh. red for Iron Man and blue for Captain America. Uh huh. So cool. his his was very much a crimson outfit, but I guess both ties into his Iron Man allegiance as well as uh, Spider Man's outfit. Right. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Cool. Well, that's an awful lot of stuff that's been going on. Yep. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about this week's episode of Agents of Shield: Paradise Lost. Haven't been listening to the Revcast? Here's what you're missing. <laughs> the sharks have an economy based on gold. Apparently, <laughs> the shark like decked out like Mr. T with the bling all over. <laughs> oh, now I want to see that. I want somebody oh to draw a picture God. of a shark with a with a mohawk. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> the Revcast by RevolutionSF.com, available at RevolutionSF.com, iTunes, 
and part of the ESO Network. Welcome back, Marvel Universe. And now we are going to be talking about this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it was it was a doozy. Uh, Paradise Lost, yep. uh, which uh, uh, re- refers primarily to uh, Gideon Malik's father had a book that he kept a, a, a notched stone in. Mm. Uh, so that he could cheat at the uh, when they did their their annual yeah, the, uh, drawing the of lots ceremony, right, right, exactly. And uh, uh, it was it was interesting. I liked the flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was super excited to have Whitehall back for a scene because yep. uh, that's that's just fun when they when they weave those things together. And you do have um, love the fact that you know he can recall both of the Malik boys to visit him in his cell and at first they're like, We're not I'm not going. This is stupid. We don't have to answer to him. Yep. And the two and then guards the limo outside, pulls like, up. Uh they're not asking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um so that was that was fun. We got a little insight into uh his background. Uh it sounds like it's it's his family that has kind of been the, the keepers of this this secret uh you know and, and carrying this, this Hydra tradition down. But uh but Whitehall tells him that their father was was a big old cheater and uh didn't want to have to go through. Um, we don't know and, even how long that's been going on. If his father and his father, his yes, father had been cheating at it forever. Certainly, because you know, if if you you end up having to do polls your, like your whole life, I mean, eventually, uh, that's going to catch up with you. But um, <laughs> you better have an errand a spare just in case. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so and there was there was a you know conflict between the brothers and you know like there always is, and there was a a uh, comment, and it wasn't I'm with you to the end of the line, but it was pretty close. Uh, it was, you know, we'll, we'll stick by each other, blah, blah, blah. And of course, when it comes right down to it, and it's down to the two of them, uh, Gideon totally cheats and sends his brother through the portal. But you think as much as his brother was going on and on and on about the ceremony, he would have been yeah. happy to be the sacrifice, but no. Yeah, well, yeah, and and there's there's a difference between sort of wanting it to continue and wanting to lose your life over it. Yeah. Um, but uh, that completely comes back to bite him in the ass because – It's uh, a great honor course, until you're chosen. Exactly, exactly. And uh, much to uh, Mr. Malik's surprise, uh, Ward has all the memories of his brother. Yep. Because uh, he apparently was a host for him. For, for some time. Yeah, and of course, you know, we don't find out that he his brother was a host until this episode, even though, right. of course, we've known that he is able to hold on to those memories of the past uh, bodies that he inhabited. Right, because we, we know that he had Will's memories, and we know, obviously, he's got Ward's memories, but, you know, that, that's got to be going back for hundreds, if not thousands of years, mm-hmm. probably. Um. So, so that was certainly interesting with the little little uh, flashbackety stuff that we had. Yep. Uh, God, there was so much that that happened in this one. What do you want to talk about next? I know. I think I think moving on with the um, with the concepts of the sacrifice. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That definitely comes back to bite Gideon in the butt, and for a while oh, we yes. think that the the vision he had of his death was uh-huh. going to be in this episode. And and they're totally setting it up. I mean, they, they they and I admit I totally totally fell for it because it certainly sounded like, uh, you know, because the the daughter is so hardcore, you know, go Hydra, right or wrong. Yeah, and, ooh, you know, isn't, be, isn't high and isn't he hot? And... Yeah, exactly. You didn't tell me he was such a looker, and and she, you know, she seems like an interesting character, and right. it seemed like it would have been an interesting twist for Malik to die, and then for for uh, Ward slash Hive to to take uh, the daughter under his wing. But nope, psych. <laughs> he decides to do the "I will take away what is most precious to you" kind of thing, and, and uh, did, it kills. Sorry, I, I did. I did kind of an... <laughs> yeah. Especially like even before that, uh, before he started using his high powers on her, uh-huh. it was still like, "Ooh, this is this is pretty disgusting." <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you know, Brent Dalton, good looking, yeah. but you know, when you think about what's 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 underneath that ward suit, yeah, and we got to, we like, got to see what was underneath that ward suit, or at least kind of. 
Yes, yes, we we got a glimpse of what uh, what his true form. Yeah, and his true form like. certainly seems to mirror uh, that that it does in the comics, uh-huh, uh, with all uh-huh. the ten- tendrils and tentacles coming out of his head. Exactly, exactly, and uh, and and they also explore a little bit more uh, in terms of Fitz Fitz and Simmons. Uh, analyzing some of the victims and talking about how uh, they're saying, okay, well, does he have the ability to send these, you know, bug things out of him? And they're like, no, he actually is the bug things. Yeah, so Um, if he – it's almost like um, getting infested with spores, so to speak, and they seem obviously seem to be able to influence your thinking. Right, and and also it's a very it's a very Hydra kind of metaphor because like even if he sends a bunch of these you know spore bugs out and they get mm-hmm. killed you know that's only a small part of him right you know so he can he can keep you know crunch all you want we'll make more um, pull up the head and two more shall take its place indeed indeed uh, so so that was that was all very cool um, I thought that was. Uh, that was that was a, a good plot line. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, where they were going with that. Um, we had uh, uh, on uh, on the other side, we had uh, the Shield team uh, getting a hold of Guerra, um, leading to what I think was the best fight scene of this season. Yeah, I mean it was definitely good to see uh, May take on Guerra, um, and of course you know we know that Ming Na Wen can throw down. We know that uh, Mark DeSes. How the hell? Cascos. Cascos. Cascos, yeah. yeah. He can yeah, throw they're, down they're in they're anything. Both, they're both fantastic mm-hmm. martial artists in their own right. And it was, you know, yeah. it was it was a great fight because he couldn't use any of his mojo because there was no stuff in the room. You know, uh, there was there was just they were it was just the two of them in a room. And they just had such a good good fight chemistry together i thought you know like at one point she looks over at him and she's like so are we gonna do this and he just looks at her and he has this smirk like come at me bro it's just i do love you know when she gets to the point where um she just like totally kicks him in the groin kicks him in the nuts yep yep not not a uh not something that you usually see that's that's very much a desperation move uh for may usually she's going to take people down uh in in other ways but she's like nope we're done with this and she kicks him in the nuts uh, uh combat pragmatist you use whatever you can to exactly exactly um also going on uh in a, a kind of b plot this episode was uh lincoln and daisy going out to meet some crazy Australian dude. Uh, uh James. Yes. Uh and uh living with uh landmines all over his property. Yeah, because so he's obviously been kind of expecting somebody from um Afterlife, from Afterlife to come after yep. him for what he stole from Jayane. But anyway, um that's a that was an interesting uh interaction between them and uh I mean was it, it makes you wonder you know that they have that you know crystal mm-hmm. uh and sort of tempt him with the the uh, possibility of getting powers but then Lincoln's like no you totally don't even deserve them yeah it's like haha i fooled you which is such a dick move i mean my god well you know we've established before that um you know people were essentially chosen to get powers for a reason and i have to imagine that it's not just the fact that he was snooping around and stealing things this is the reason why Jiang did not want him to get powers. Sure. So sure. Lincoln kind of upholds that. Yeah, there there is that. Of course, you but, know, he's you one know. fish taco away from getting it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a that's a lovely way of putting that one fish taco. Not how I usually hear that used in jokes. But anyway, so that was that was certainly uh, interesting. And uh, he tells, and I've, you know, you and I were texting about this earlier today, and I blanked on that name that I asked you about. Um, Alveus? Alveus. Yep. Yeah, and at least according to one thing I read, Alveus is Hive's original name. And he was created by the Kree in order to lead their inhuman army, but... Mm-hmm. Ended up like turning the tables on him and revolting, and then later on everybody starts getting kind of antsy about this guy who's got all this power, and they shunt him off right. to Maven. Right, and uh, the the way that the way that he described it, it sounded almost like uh, like Alveus was 
a one of the Inhumans. And uh, I don't know if he was he was supposed to be an Inhuman and the leader of the Inhumans or 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 what. But uh, but regardless, um, it was an interesting little little uh, name drop tidbit there. Uh, we also hear a little bit more about Lincoln's background, and I honestly expected it to be way worse than it was. <laughs> Because this guy is like, oh, you didn't hear what happened to his last girlfriend? And I'm thinking, oh, my God, he totally, like, shivved her and ate her liver or something. And, no, she just, you know, there was a drunk driving thing, mm -hmm. and, you know, and it was his fault. And, you know, she she was uh, she was killed in that. But, uh, or what well, was she, she was, killed? She was nearly she, she was, killed. Yeah, she was nearly killed. That's right. Um, and, uh. It was like, oh, okay, so you you got into alcohol for a while. That that just was. Well, he was into alcohol that, before uh, before his accident. Exactly. That's, well, yeah, that's and that's that's what that's what caused it. it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I, I was just expecting there to, if there was going to be a reveal of his background, that it was going to be worse than I was an alcoholic. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that's um, still pretty bad. It is, but when you think about like the, the stuff, the skeletons in Ward's closet, like yeah. I burned my parents to death, you know, uh, I, I, that that seems, you know, yeah, relatively... you know, I burned my parents to death. I was I was basically nearly guilty of vehicular manslaughter. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so that was that was. An interesting little side trip, but uh, didn't didn't really. And that's the thing is that I don't know that they really got anything that's going to help them to defeat Ward necessarily, because well, that was kind of the whole purpose of it. Or at least you know whatever they learned, we we didn't get to see it. True, true. Uh, but at any rate, it, it made a good reason for them to not be on the bus mm -hmm. uh, when uh, Guerra eventually busts out. And pretty much takes out everybody on the bus. Um, and it's funny. I forget who it was. It might, might have been my friend Ethan that said uh, that said as soon as they saw him, you know, getting brought into to Shield's uh, uh, containment unit, it was like this is like putting the Hulk on the helicarrier. <laughs> Something is going to go horribly wrong with this plan. You know, somebody yeah. who is that powerful. That that's just asking for trouble. And you know why don't you just keep a guy like that constantly sedated? Right, exactly. I mean, I guess they wanted to to question him or something, but seriously, mm -hmm. it's like okay, we're done questioning him now. Sedate him again. But um, but so that goes horribly wrong. And uh, he had a really cool Magneto kind of moment, mm -hmm. I thought, uh, with fighting Coulson because you know it's easy to forget that Coulson's hand is fake. Yeah. You know, he has he has the robot hand, but Gear would know that because that was uh in in the last episode when they went and were uh taking over that that company in the boardroom scene, uh mm -hmm. they, you know, brought out the hand. Um so he would he would certainly know that and yeah, that that doesn't go so well for Mr. Coulson. No. And of course, Gear ultimately accomplishes his mission of getting them to Hive's base. Yep. And uh, he must be a hell of a pilot to be able to throw a a ship like that into basically free fall and then not crash it. Yeah, that's some, that's some and to be doing right that with with uh, with Psy basically. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. But, uh, yeah, I think that, that covers most of it for this week, right? Yeah, I think we did just about everything. Okay, cool. Next, so, week, uh, next week we get the Secret Warriors together to, as the cavalry for, this, uh, for the crew. Exactly. That's, that's how we're going we're gonna to save our folks on the bus is that Daisy's going to uh, call, in, call in the cavalry. Exactly. So that's, that's going um, mm -hmm. to be Yo-Yo. And, uh, and uh, what's his name with the fire powers or melting powers? Joey. Joey, that's right. That's right. Um, so I guess it's just them and uh, and Daisy and Lincoln, presumably for this. Yep. I don't think there was anyone else that they'd they'd tapped for that. Yeah, because I think what Simmons is still back at the base, isn't she? 
Uh, Simmons yeah, and, uh, must Simmons be. and Mac, I think, are still back at base, and uh, uh-huh. And so it was just uh, yeah. It, it, it was, was just it was May, Colson and May, May Colson and Fitz. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. So yeah. So um. All right. So if we're going to give this a score, a rating on a scale of one to five shields, one being terrible and five being best episode ever, where would you place this episode? I'm gonna go with a four. Mm-hmm. I thought I, you know, I, I admit I only maybe half paid attention to this, but um, I felt kind of the backstory with Hyde, the backstory with Malik were both interesting, compelling. Everything that was going on uh, on uh, the Zephyr with mm-hmm. Colson and Fitz and May, especially May against Gaiera, uh, mm-hmm. those were all incredibly like good. We got to see more into what Malik's vision was and what mm-hmm. Daisy's vision was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really feel like we're starting to gear up towards the end of the season now. Absolutely. I'm I'm going to give this a 4.5. Uh, I, I might, uh, on further reflection, I might even give it a 5, but I'm, I'm going to stick with a 4.5 for now. I think this was one of the best episodes we've had this season. Um, I, I totally did not see the twist of uh, Hive killing Malik instead of his daughter. That, that, that surprised the heck out of me. Um, I thought the the fight choreography and and everything on uh, that that uh, fight between Guerra and mm-hmm. and May was fantastic. I was just uh, ranting on another podcast earlier tonight about uh, the the fact that there there are so many shows that the way that people fight it's like they it's like they all went to the same school you know and and they're all using exactly the same moves and there's no personality that comes across in it and and that's something that i always think is is just outstanding about shield is they really really get that um i i loved uh i loved the the background stuff on on the malik boys uh i thought that was that was great uh angst for for ward to be you know channeling his uh his long lost uh uh, baby brother, um, mm-hmm. I loved having Whitehall in there. Every time we can we can have callbacks to the the other stuff. I I just I love that to bits. I, this was I I just love this. Uh, I think the only weak part was uh, the um, the subplot with with crazy Australian guy with with the landmines. Yeah, that I didn't feel like that really advanced the plot very much. Um, it was it was interesting. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it didn't seem to have a whole lot of a point. But uh, but overall, yeah, I thought that was that was a very very good episode. All right, so uh, I guess we haven't done this in a while. Why don't you tell folks uh, where they can find you online? All right, um, my cosplay page is uh, Agent Doctor Cosplay. Um, I'm on Twitter as John M. Rabin, and uh, I do a little bit of writing for Anglotopia.net and mm-hmm. Londontopia.net. I didn't know you're doing Londontopia. Cool. Yeah, doing Excellent. both. They're 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 awesome. like sibling websites. Sister sites. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. So I've got uh, I've got loads of stuff coming up. Um, I just uh, recorded a uh, a. Uh, Captain America Civil War preview episode on Revolution SF, and I will definitely be posting that uh, to our Facebook page when that comes out. Uh, Of course, I'm on Earth Station Who. Uh, This week we were talking about uh, Peter Davison episode, The King's Demons. Oh, you finally Uh, got out of those extremely long... Oh my god. I, you know, I, I I love Doctor Who, but I don't love three hours of black and white Doctor Who. Well, uh, I I think I've mentioned uh, what it looks like my schedule is going to be like for Momocon. I don't have my schedule yet for TimeGate, but that should be coming out uh, sometime real soon. I'm going to have those the. Are, are those I know the I'm going to. Same weekend again? Those are unfortunately the same weekend. Yes, uh, and I'm doing both of them. <laughs> oh wait, because last year was like TimeGate was one week, and then Momo was Momo the was next. the next one. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Who plans but, these uh, things? Who's responsible for this? I don't know, man, but uh, I, I will be shuttling back and forth between the two of them. Um, I, I, the only one that I know for sure uh, at TimeGate is going to be a, I believe it's 1 p.m. on Saturday. That's going to be the big Earth Station Who uh, live broadcast of the podcast, uh, and we're going to be talking about life and death in the Stephen Moffat era. Uh, we're <laughs> and stupid. How, ex- and how how little he cares for either. <laughs> 
Well, he doesn't. That's the thing. He never really kills anyone. But what anyway? But that's that's not MCU. So um, I don't know what my MCU panel schedule is going to be like. Uh, but as soon as I have that, I will be letting you good folks know. And uh, so yes, thank you very much to all of you who are listening. Uh, we we love hearing from you. Please join our our uh, Facebook group. Come on out to our WordPress page because we love hearing from you. All right. So uh, man, Civil War is is coming up really fast I but, know it's uh, almost two weeks away uh, I got my tickets I'm excited I yep. uh, my I should be receiving my Marvel Collector Core box this week so awesome. we can talk about that at the next in the next episode fantastic so we'll be talking about that any any more uh, Civil War uh, dirt that comes out I'm sure we'll continue to get more stuff on Luke Cage and Iron Fist and all that good stuff and I'm sure we're going to have a good episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. next week with the, the first uh, reuniting of the Secret Warriors so until next week you guys have a great time and we will see you then This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.